Just last week, I was perusing one of my favorite hobbies, an oldie worldie bookshop with a lot of very, very old books and pamphlets. We'll come on to this in a moment. When I actually came across this,、uh, this is a pamphlet written in January of 1981. And although I've covered this nuclear situation multiple times on the channel with different videos, I still keep getting asked over and over again by viewers about the nuclear sort of situation because it seems as though that is the biggest fear on a lot of people's mind right now that we might go into some sort of a nuclear war. And although I've sort of talked through it a number of times and I've explained that personally I don't think it's something for most of you to worry about, I thought today because of the New launch of this UK alert system, which begins this Sunday, and that's at 3 pm. So just don't be driving or doing, you know,、uh, don't operate a chainsaw at the time. Let's just say that.、Uh, so this Sunday, 3 pm, you're going to see this new alert system come into effect. And it's quite interesting, actually, this new alert system. If you're American watching, you've had it for a long time, but the UK hasn't had this. However, they've been sort of branding it as a new thing, but I think it's really to do more with something like a, a war or an exchange or something like that. But actually, this isn't a new thing. They actually piloted this a long, long time ago, and it was 2018, 2019 when they wanted to introduce it due to the what they call increased threat of Russia and China. Now, If you start digging into that more, I think we knew, and I say we loosely, we knew that there was going to be some sort of conflict anyway. It's inevitable. In every one of these fourth turning cycles, we go into a military conflict, especially if you're about to enter something like a greater depression or at least a very severe recession that might last eight to ten years, for example. It's usually followed by A war cycle. So the fact that we're learning that this alert system isn't a new thing and it isn't really around Russia now and everything we're seeing, and that this was been planned for a long time, it kind of makes you think a little more about the whole situation. Now, the other thing I found interesting about this book, which cost me one pound—that's all it cost—was that when I actually read through this, I thought it was quite fascinating as to how they used to write these. Preparedness pamphlets and things like that. It was obviously that they had the best thinkers on things like this because I thought to myself, if I were going to write a pamphlet on how to survive nuclear war, I would have written this exact pamphlet. I mean, I don't think there's anything in here that I would have changed. And what's interesting is you, you know, you look at and this is what makes me laugh about this situation. You look at that video I sort of critiqued on the New York City nuclear threat video、um, warning that they put out, which I just said was an absolute joke. It's so terrible, and the information is so incorrect and bad that you won't survive that anyway. Well, actually, and I want to show you a really interesting interactive map in a moment, just to make this video a little more interesting and not scary for a lot of people, because. What I've discovered has actually educated me somewhat today, and I want to show you as well. Because what I was told was, if we have some sort of a nuclear exchange or these sort of weapons are dropped, that we're all going to die anyway. So there's no point worrying about it. 
But actually, having looked into it and researched it a lot more, that's just not the case. Now, let me be honest, and this is why I keep talking about cities, and I say, if you can get out of the, the big cities anyway, because as we go into this final cycle, stage seven cycle, as it were, this is different from your stage four of the um, fourth turning cycle. This is the sort of one to seven stages of a, a civilization collapse. When you go into a stage seven anyway, this is where you start to see all the same patterns all over again. A lot of stuff we're seeing right now, um, we're starting to see all of these patterns. And that's what leads to me saying, you know, if you can get out of the, the cities as we go forward, because the way it's looking at the moment, the cities are... Um, not a place that I would want to be, let's just say that. But the point of me saying that is that if there was some sort of a, a nuclear exchange and you look at the models and the exercises that the different militaries and countries have done, it's very interesting, it's fascinating because it's the main metro areas that get hit first. If you're in the UK, that's London. If you're in the USA, that's Washington DC, New York, Los Angeles, etc. These are the areas that are going to get hit the hardest. And the chance of survival in these areas is pretty much zero unless you're outside the blast zone. But even then, you've got the fallout zone. You see, this is some of the stuff that I didn't really understand before based on the uh, weight of the actual explosion, how many megatons and, uh, you know, all the other supersonic and all the other, you know, things associated with these sort of weapons. But actually, I want to give you some confidence today, which is what looking at these maps and this book and a few other things has, has showed me, is that actually this is survivable if if we did go into, and again, I'm hoping we don't, I'm not saying that I think this is going to happen. Obviously, I hope and pray that something like this never happens. And I do think it's not likely to happen because this would just be complete suicide for everyone involved. If you've seen any of the plans that I have, well, as soon as one country launches, the other country launches as well. So this is why I keep saying what I think is most likely is that certain countries will use tactical nukes on the battlefield as opposed to sending nukes um, you know, across to a, a certain country and just trying to destroy the whole country. But even if that, that did happen, the positive news with it is that if you live rurally, your chance of survival is actually exceptionally high especially if you have some sort of a, a safe area. And what I mean by that is, and this book is really good, it, it, it talks about how easy it is to just build one of these in your, in your house or a basement. Again, it, it says if you're in a block of flats or apartments, well, you're basically screwed. <laughs> but if you're not in a block of uh, apartments, it's really useful because it tells you how you can actually make this fallout shelter in your house very, very easily. And all you need to do is to actually survive two weeks of any of the uh, radioactive dust. And you're pretty much okay as long as you're outside of the main the main zone. So for those of you who are really fearful and worried, I, I hope that gives you a lot of confidence right now. But I want to show you this interactive map as well as a couple of other pieces now. Oh, and this is that article I mentioned. So this was actually written, it was published in 2018 about this emergency broadcast system. So it's nothing new whatsoever. So this is the website I wanted to show you then. This is the nuke map. And it is worth you having a, a look at this, especially if you're really worried about some sort of an exchange here. 
So this is the United Kingdom. And as many of you know, I live or actually some of you don't know, you ask all the time where I live. I live on this very small island here called the Isle of Man, which, yes, is a separate country to the United Kingdom even though it sits right in the middle of the United Kingdom. But I wanted to know, well, what would happen, for example, if a, let's say, one megaton was dropped on the Isle of Man? Well, I'm pretty much screwed. Let's just, uh, let's just say that. Let's just say it was dropped on the main town here or right in the middle. Well, I'm pretty much screwed um, if that were me. But at the same time, I just don't see that actually happening to the Isle of Man. There is no reason I could see anyone wanting to drop a nuke on the Isle of Man. So let's say instead that we, uh, we said London, for example. Well, again, if you look at this and you see the map here, if you live outside of London, then your risk level is going to be very low if this ever happened. And we can look at other places as well. Let's just say take Washington DC, for example. And again, I'm using a, a one megaton. They do get bigger than this, but at the same time, they get a lot smaller than this. So here's Washington. So you, I mean, compare this to the USA, look at the size of the US and look at the sort of radius that we're talking about here. And remember, you've got three kinds of, of radius. You've got the, the fireball, you've got the blast, and then you've got thermal. And again, I should probably add that we've got um, fallout as well. So that's your dust and stuff like that. But I just want to show that it's not as many people think it would be. So a lot of people think that if this happened, that you would see, you know, that this bomb just take out one bomb, take out the whole of the USA or something, the way some people are, are talking. So I'm just really trying to give context to actually what would happen here. Now, we've also got this other site you can try out, and this is Los Angeles, for example. This shows you what would happen in Los Angeles. So again, it's not uh, quite as people make out or think about when they think about this exchange. Now, I mean, how close are we to an exchange anyway? That's the other thing. The way people talk, you would think that we're about to go into an exchange any minute, but that's just not the case. We're currently at DEFCON 3 as of today, which, yes, is high. I mean, it's comparable to a couple of other events that have taken place in the last 60 years. But you've still got DEFCON 2 and 1 um, above this. And just remember that it works the opposite way around. People talk about DEFCON 5. That's actually the lowest, not the not the highest. But another thing that you would see in, in terms of any sort of conflict is what you're seeing at the moment. So you think about what's happening with Russia, Ukraine, and what you're seeing are a lot of these cyber attacks that we keep talking about. So, I mean, again, I don't know if these statistics are correct. You, you have no idea. But the SSU said on Wednesday that Moscow was, was responsible for about 1,200 cyber attacks and other critical cyber incidents through the first three months of 2023. Whether that is correct, I have no idea. But this is the other thing to bear in mind is that you don't, it's not just about nuclear exchange because a country doesn't need to do that to cripple another country. You could do it in a different way and you could do that with an EMP. And that's what this article talks about here. They're talking about how one EMP, a huge one, could take out all the power structure of the USA. So you wouldn't actually need to you know, resort to nukes and other sort of conventional warfare if you let off an EMP. But I think another reason that this is 
uh, quite prevalent at the moment is because last week uh, Biden's doomsday plane was spotted flying um, over uh, Wales at night. So I think that's what is bringing all of this to the forefront again is this article about his his plane. But let me really give you a bit of guidance anyway in this situation and um, a, a lot of other situations like this. Firstly, as I've said a lot of times, you really need to be prepared for some worst case scenarios as we go into this current cycle, because it doesn't matter how you look at it from a fourth turning cycle, from a seven stage cycle, we are in the end cycle stages at the moment. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to have a complete collapse of civilization and go back to the Stone Age or, or anything like that, because I don't think that is most likely. What I think is that we're going to have some sort of conflict. And I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but I think uh, most likely this decade. And that doesn't have to be mainly conventional warfare. It can result in massive cyber attacks. We, we've been told now that it's about 50-60% likely over the next 18 months that we're going to see a critical cyber attack that's going to affect everything that, that we do on a day-to-day -day basis, how we live. And if you've ever been to South Africa, or maybe you live in South Africa, you'll understand load shedding and how the power just goes out for long periods of time and how difficult it is to actually get things done. Well, I think that sort of scenario is a lot more likely than some of the other scenarios that are being talked about at the moment, such as total, you know, Armageddon apocalypse, which is something that I personally don't see. I, I really don't. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but I just don't see it at this stage. Let's just look at a couple of warning signs that, that could come about if something like this was going to happen. So what would you notice right away? And my wife's quite funny in this regard. She has this app on her phone that's like a flight tracker. So I have a radar tracker for the weather. So I know what, what's happening with the weather. She has a flight tracker and she'll always run in and say, oh, Neil, look at this plane. Look at this military plane. It's flown around four times. What's it doing? It tried to land and then it did this and all this other stuff. And a lot of times I'll say I have absolutely no idea why there's jets and why there's these, you know, C-130s or whatever flying around. It's a bit unusual. But actually, if you live near a military base and you have these trackers, because I know some of you like this sort of stuff, you'll probably notice a large increase in activity. That's a sort of telltale sign for anything that is starting to kick off. You'll see a huge amount of increased air traffic. And it won't just be military. You'll see probably military first, because if something is about to happen, what you'll see is um, main politicians will start to get out the country. You'll then see the super, the super rich, elite rich starting to get on their private jets and getting out the country. You'll be seeing the military mobilize. You'll be seeing um, private yachts all leaving the ports and all that sort of stuff. So there will be some telltale signs that you'll notice if we are going into some sort of conflict. But let me just say, for all the people who keep saying if there's a, you know, you live in New York or a big city, if there's going to be nukes, oh, you'll get in your car and you'll drive away and all this, that will just never happen. You've basically got between four and 20 minutes. So it's never going to happen in terms of escape. So your best bet is to hunker down or have some sort of 
uh, room or have some supplies or something like that prepared. And all this, you know, advice that you're seeing at the moment about making sure you've got your smartphone and a tablet and it's fully charged and, and then you can watch the advice videos on your phone and all this, that's not going to happen because even if it was, say, an EMP or, or something similar, cyber attack, the grid's going to be down. You're probably going to have no electricity, no running water, no internet, and your devices aren't going to work. So that's why I said it's, it's quite interesting that I found this uh, pamphlet, actually, because that is what I like to you know, get a hold of, is, is physical books and physical pamphlet, pamphlets like this. But overall, I'm not sort of making this video today to, to scare you in any way. I'm just making it because I keep seeing these comments all the time and people keep asking me these questions on how likely is it, what stage are we on the cycle, what should you do if it happens, etc. The bottom line is the you know, advice I keep giving. If you're living in the city and you don't need to live in the city, get out of the city. You know, you're not a tree. You're not rooted in the ground. You can always move back to the city in you know, a few years time if we don't go through all these crazy things that I think we're going to go through, like uh, you know, a very deep recession, if not a depression. That's a place that you don't want to be in a big city. What if there's warfare? You don't want to be in the big city. This is where it's targeted. What if there's food shortages or water shortages or all sorts of other major events? Again, you don't want to be in the big city. You want to have a, um, a homestead or you want to be more rural. And look, I get that not everyone can do it. I, I, I do. But this is the question that I get asked all the time. What should you do if you can? And that is my answer. So I know that wasn't more of a finance video today, but it does sit within the realm of economics, which is why I kind of produced this today. And I thought, let's just get this out the way since I get asked it uh, so often. So thank you for watching. Take care. God bless. I will see you tomorrow.